anybody else before we, we might just be gone. Yep, the lines remain quiet. Um, okay. And at this time, at this point, yeah, it's time to wrap it up. Do you, can you, do you have some music from Bob that you'd like to take us out with, Sonia? Well, how about, we can finish up with James Earl Jones. We can hit the James oh, Earl that would Jones. be great. That's right. You wanted to, yes, I want to hear that. Yes. Yes. Okay, Linda, once again, thank you, Linda. Another great show by us. If, if, thank if, you, if we Bob. must go for ourselves. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and all the listeners, thank you. Callers, listeners, Travis, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Sonia, thank you very much. Okay. We'll be back next week, Thursday, 8 a.m. It is not a gentle shower, but thunder. We need the storm, the whirlwind, the earthquake. The feeling of the nation must be quickened. The conscience of the nation must be roused. The propriety of the nation must be startled. The hypocrisy of the nation must be exposed, and the crimes against God and man must be proclaimed and denounced. is KBOO Portland. Stay tuned for Press Watch with your special guest host, Per Fogring, coming up next. Good morning. This is Pear Figring filling in for Teresa Mitchell. Uh, she tells me that she is uh, feeling better and she plans to uh, be back on air next week. So uh, that's something we can look forward to. So this is sort of a combined press watch and fight the empire show. Um, but we can uh, we can start out by doing a little press watching. This big story been in the news now for uh, oh my gosh, several days won't go away he's getting pushed upon us and the story is that uh, uh, that Russia is paying the Taliban a special bounty to kill American soldiers in Afghanistan and uh, so far the story as far as I can tell is that it is it is not. It is not quoting anybody. 
it's unnamed intelligence officials are saying this. So we are getting the uh, we're getting the intelligence community, unnamed officials, keep pushing this story that uh, <coughs> that Russia is paying the Taliban a special bounty. Uh, so like uh, sub one person, uh, one commentator said it's like like paying for Americans American scalps. This is very kind of very dangerous kind of uh, uh, imagery. But anyway, it raises this, the question that it raises. One question it raises for me is why would the Taliban need a bounty for doing what they've been doing for 20 years? I mean, the Taliban has been uh, fighting American soldiers who they consider part of an occupying army. Uh, they've been fighting them for uh, uh, for all these years, and uh, why would they need a special bounty for uh, uh, for continuing this? Another question uh, is why would uh, why would the Russians anger the U.S. needlessly? In other words, uh, if it, if a story like this is true. It would kind of really put U.S.-Russian relations kind of, really kind of at, at the bottom, and uh, I don't think the Russians want that. And so, uh, why would they, uh, why would they do something like this, which doesn't, when it would just, it would infuriate the uh, the Americans, which it is apparently. This is according to uh, the stories you read that uh, this. The intelligence community has been pushing. So, uh, but this is not a, a unanimous uh, thing on the part of the intelligence community. One uh, one intelligence official told told CBS News that it is uncor- uncorroborated. If anyone wants to call in, uh, what? People out there listening to this have any uh, any opinions on this, or uh, do you think that uh, you think that there is anything to this story, or is there some kind of a uh, I wouldn't call it a hoax, but some kind of story presented with uh, with ulterior motives? Give us a call at five zero three two three one eight one eight seven. Anyway, one uh, one U.S. intelligence official says that it was uncorroborated, and that's why this story was never presented uh, to President Trump in his uh, his uh, presidential daily briefing. Uh, going to uh, Ray McGovern, he was with the CIA for 27 years. And he was the uh, his job was actually to uh, pre- present these uh, presidential daily briefings. I believe he gave them uh, gave these briefings before he, he's retired now. He's a he's a peace activist in Washington D.C. But he gave these briefings to I believe uh, Presidents uh, Nixon, uh, Ford, and uh, and Reagan. And uh, 
Ray McGovern says that uh, the the Russian bounty story, as it's been presented, uh, wouldn't make the grade. It wouldn't be considered uh, truthful enough or possibly truthful enough to present to the president. So uh, he also calls it uh, Russia Gates uh, last gasp. And uh, the Russia Gate story goes back to the supposed uh, uh, hacking of the uh, Democratic National Committee phones and releasing information to, uh, uh, to WikiLeaks and to the public. But uh, this story, uh, although some people still keep pushing it, it uh, seems to be falling apart on its own uh, lack of merit. If anybody wants to call, what do you think? Do you think Russia Gate still uh, has any uh, has any truth to it? Give us a call five zero three two three one eight one eight seven. Sort of to go back on the Russia Gate story. It was that the uh, that the Russians uh, had hacked into the uh, the DNC a telephone, uh, and they had released uh, information about how the uh, Democratic National Committee had uh, kind of uh, sabotaged the campaign of Bernie Sanders, that they had uh, basically that the DNC was working in favor of, uh, of Hillary Clinton. And so they had uh, sabotaged Bernie Sanders' campaign and also uh, released were some uh, the uh, details of uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, highly paid uh, speeches to uh, some very top Wall Street insiders. And uh, one thing to realize on this is that this is information that the... Uh, U.S. public, the, the voters, had a right to know. The fact that the DNC was favoring Hillary Clinton's campaign and uh, screwing around with the Sanders campaign, that's something every voter should know about. And the people who, uh, I think people should know what was Hillary Clinton telling these Wall Street uh, big, big-time money men. Uh, this is something that uh, that we have a right to know. So whoever uh, whoever released this information was doing uh, doing us all a favor. Now the hacking story was uh, disputed by uh, uh, William Binney. William Binney was a uh, longtime uh, veteran of the uh, NSA. He was their technical director. He was also a whistleblower and left the agency. But he uh, he said that the, uh, the DNC material was uh, leaked and not hacked. And he based this on on the evidence of the uh, the evidence presented, the evidence of the uh, of the documents that. Um, According to the timeline, the time of references, uh, the, there wasn't enough time for these to be hacked. 
that they had to be leaked from inside. In other words, the time it would take to uh, put a thumb drive into a computer and download this information is much less than the time it would take to uh, hack into these computers from a distance. Uh, the other thing that Benny uh, pointed out was that uh, the computers that were involved were on the east coast of the U.S. and not uh, and not in Russia. So, according to William Binney, the uh, the story about Russian hacking is uh, it, it uh, is false on its on the on the basis of, of evidence. So, uh, the Russia Gate story, although it's still being uh, pushed by some people, it uh, is been losing steam ever since. Uh, nobody has, as far as I know, nobody has contradicted William Binney. They've ignored him, which uh, is kind of uh, not, uh, not, not a proper thing to do. If somebody makes an accusation based on evidence, a person who has a certain amount of expertise, uh, the thing to do if you uh, disbelieve that story, is to tell us why you disbelieve it. Give us some evidence why it's wrong. But that has not been done. It's just been ignored. So uh, so William Binney does not even exist. Perry, we've got a couple folks on the line who'd like to join in. Yes, we do. We have people on the line. Coming up, up next is Barth. Go ahead, Barth. You're live. Okay, go on. Oh, good morning, Barth. Good morning, Pear. Thanks for your work, as always. Um, Joe and Abe uh, hashed over this topic with uh, on Tuesday with Joe coming out strongly in favor of uh, veracity of uh, the current story of uh, Russians offering bounties for uh, injuring or killing American soldiers. Um, and he had a couple of callers take him to task saying, well, you know, you're parroting this, but there's no information. You know, what are your sources? And he said, well, I, I believe it outright, but he couldn't quote anything. So it's good to get a little more meat on the bone, as it were, uh, to try and, and figure out whether this is the real deal or not. Oh, uh, let me say one thing that, that actually... Uh... You know, I'm not going to comment on Joe and Abe. They uh, they give their uh, side of this uh, story, and if you you know people who uh, take issue with it should call them up on their uh, on their Tuesday show. But I think Fair we enough. can we can talk about the story itself, and it's uh, I think the uh, uh, the bounty story. Like I said, why would the Taliban even need a bounty? I believe the Taliban. Uh, pointed this out, that they were uh, commenting, you know, asked to comment on it, and they say, this is something that they do, this is why, this is why, this is why they are active, and, uh, right. and, and the well, other, uh, go ahead. The other point is, uh, uh, although we find this abhorrent on the face of it, uh, we were doing the same thing as the U.S., when uh, uh, the people that we were supporting who became the Taliban later uh, were 
targeting Russians uh, specifically uh, and um, I guess command grade persons that there was a, a bounty being paid by the U.S. by their handlers uh, to people in Afghanistan. Um, really? Mm -hmm. I believe that's the case, and that's mm -hmm. that's a story that was out at the time. I I cannot quote you a specific source, but this is not unknown behavior militarily. Well, actually, um, it, it, it could <laughs> something similar happened uh, in the Vietnam War, where uh, apparently, according to some stories, that the uh, U.S. troops, when they uh, when they kill a, a Viet Cong person. They slice off his ears and present them as kind of like uh, <laughs> tickets for a, for a little bounty right there. It's a grisly yeah. story. If you look it up, uh, you know, you can find out more about it. But go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, I I think that's enough of, the, you know, stirring that pot. Um, <laughs> I'm happy to get uh, more background on it. I also, to change directions a little bit, just to perhaps elicit a, uh, an opinion uh, there's been a lot of ink starting to surface about Biden being uh, mentally unstable and, and perhaps lapsing into Alzheimer's uh, by the way he's speaking or misspeaking uh, and the way he's been kept under wraps uh, do you have any, any information on that and if you'd care to talk about that a little bit, I'd be happy to listen off the air. Thanks again. Okay, well, I just saw a story, uh, I think it was just in the uh, in the news today, or maybe yesterday, that uh, uh, Biden versus Trump, that it's like two two senile old guys are fighting and fighting it out for the White House. And, uh, you know, Joe Biden is, uh, I believe he's 78 years old. If he's elected, he will be the oldest person to enter the White House. And uh, I talked about this, I believe, uh, on my last show, is that uh, he, he is still, uh, he has yet to uh, tell us who he wants to run uh, for vice president. Uh, he does, I believe, uh, say that it'll be a woman, I think a, uh, a black woman. And... Uh, if Biden is that old and if his health is that uh, shaky, then uh, this uh, whoever whoever he picks as his vice presidential candidate may well wind up being president sometime within the next four years. And uh, one person who uh, has been talked about is uh, uh, Susan Rice, who is actually part of President Obama's cabinet. And uh, she's been making uh, statements about uh, oh, about Russia interfering in our uh, in our process. And uh, she one thing about her she, she has never held elective office. Uh, she has been a uh, cabinet uh, uh, member. She's been part of the Obama team, and she's been a uh, employee of various think tanks and so if uh, if Susan Rice is uh, nominated to be vice president she may very well that'd be a strange a very strange thing uh, 
where a person who never held elected office becomes the first uh, woman president, uh, sort of in this uh, backdoor manner. This is really a very odd situation, but I think we have another caller on the line. We do indeed. There are a couple of folks. Um, oh, let's up go next, ahead, I then. believe, is John. Are you with us? Yeah, yeah hello. Go ahead. You're live on the air. Hey, good morning, good John. Morning. I, <clears throat> I, I was going to mention a couple um, articles about the issue, but it seems like you've probably read those already on Consortium News and The Intercept about the, about the Russian hacking story and about the latest bribing story. Um, but one thing that puzzles me is how the hatred of Trump by people on the left seems to uh, make them blind towards uh, any kind of critical thought about these stories that are coming out in the corporate press, especially the New York Times, which, you know, those of us who followed the story in 2002, 2003, saw that the, the New York Times was putting out misinformation based on government, you know, un, unidentified sources from intelligence officials. So it's it just seems like this is kind of the same thing happening and it's got people in Congress suggesting military action which is incredibly dangerous well you know there is a uh, they got a term for the sort of I think Trump derangement syndrome yeah I mean, I mean obviously to me I mean Trump is just sort of an ugly personality and he's really uh, very mentally unstable I think he's kind of like a kind of like a lost child in some ways. And uh, he's got some people, I think he's really got some people spooked that, uh, that this person has to be stopped and that uh, anybody who is in, in, in position to stop him is sort of becomes a sort of a good guy by default. And one example would be John Bolton, a longtime yeah. warmonger, and somehow John Bolton is sort of being uh, put in a position where he can somehow uh, take down uh, take down uh, Donald Trump. And I think this is a uh, very unfortunate situation that this is the kind of choice that we are presented. Yeah, John Bolton and also now George Bush is being rehabilitated as. Right. A, kind of a kind of reasonable person by, you know, Barack Obama had some statement recently about mm. about that. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago that the left, we were talking about George Bush as a war criminal. That's <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. And you can say that the, uh, the invasion of Iraq was sort of one of the biggest disasters uh, in American history. And, uh, and George Bush and Dick Cheney were sort of responsible for this, and uh, somehow they are back in uh, back in the good graces of the uh, of the Washington crowd. Find it very yeah. bizarre. Well, and the same thing goes for people that the left now seems to be supporting uh, CIA and FBI sources. Um, when the, we used to be critical of that, we used to be critical of those people, and now we're believing anything they say just because 
they hate Trump as much as we hate Trump, you know. That's, yeah, well, I think that's true. You've got this kind of a uh, battle going on in D.C. between sort of the Trump crowd on one hand and the uh, the kind of the intelligence community on the other. And uh, somewhere I read that the, the sort of the politics of the intelligence community, it sort of it goes back to, um, I don't know how many people remember uh, Senator Jackson from Washington. Yeah. Henry Scoop Jackson. Yeah, and he was considered a kind of Cold War liberal, and he was, uh, you know, pretty liberal on uh, on local, you know, on uh, uh, national issues. But when it came to uh, combating the Soviet Union, he was a real war hawk. And yeah. apparently, for uh, a lot of the intelligence community, seems to be in that tradition. And a lot of the uh, Democratic Party seems to be in that. Of course, uh, Henry uh, Scoop Jackson was a very prominent uh, Democrat back in the day. So, uh, yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think peace, uh, peace-loving people are being uh, are being shoved aside, to say the least. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll get off the line now. Thanks for your work and bringing up this topic. Well, thanks for your call. Do we have any more callers on the line? Bruce is up next. One moment, Bruce. Bruce, We're going to get you on in just a second. Okay, go ahead, Bruce. You're live. Hi, Pear. Um, uh, Speaking of Trump and his dog whistles to his base, what about our dog whistles? What about Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden getting up there and going, they went Joseph McCarthy on them and just, here, here we go, Russia. And it's the dog whistle to our base to get get angry, get out there and vote and stop Putin from taking over the government. And it's it's ludicrous mm-hmm. and it makes you wonder what they do to Ethel Rosenberg uh if they were in that position. They like to look back and say how unfair it was. Well there was your hysteria. Well, you know, the people remember the McCarthy Senator McCarthy years, uh, uh it was uh it was a really scary time, and uh, people were afraid of uh, sticking their heads up and saying anything that went against, uh, that could be construed as being uh, soft on communism. That was the sort of, if you weren't a red, then you were kind of, if you weren't red, you were kind of pink, and uh, it was a very scary time. And I think the uh, uh, there's a lot of that going on now that... Uh, you know, Biden seems to be uh, leading leading in all the polls, and there's a good chance that he will be our next president. And uh, the fact that, uh, in a way, it's it's a good thing. The fact that Donald Trump will, will no longer be president that's a plus. But the fact that uh, that, that Joe Biden, who's uh, his, uh, he has no peace credentials. He's always been a kind of a uh, uh, kind of a, like a Cold War liberal himself. And a lot of the Democratic Party is in, in that line. They seem to, their strategy is sort of, sort of uh, poking the bear. They think that uh, that you can uh, kind of make a little inroads against Russia and that Russia will back down. But that is a very, a very dangerous game to play, as far as I can see. 
but the, uh, a lot of the Democrats, that is their, uh, they see that as their path to power. And they make uh, these claims about Putin. Yeah, it's like Americans seem to have this idea that, that our enemies, they can't just be people that we oppose. They have to be somehow more evil than, uh, than, than anybody else. You know, we, we saw this, like Saddam Hussein, was uh, and all all our enemies were uh, was presented as being just uh, you know not just uh, tyrants or whatever but just sort of really evil people and you get that with Putin and uh, Putin uh, may not be a very nice guy but uh, I don't think he's an evil person he is pushing Russia's interests and. Uh, in some ways, I think uh, Putin is probably smarter than anybody in Washington, and uh, it's—I uh, don't know—I I think it's very dangerous to uh, to to think of your to present your to present your uh, foreign uh, foes as somehow somehow not just uh, wrong-headed or against our interests, but as somehow uh, uniquely evil. That's. Uh, dangerous game it can blow up in everybody's face pair we have i believe we have mitch on the line uh, mitch is on good morning mitch good morning pair and um i i just want to say that a lot of what is being forced out of the news is you have very um i'm grateful for you pointing out um that a lot of this uh building up of the cold war enemy what it really does is fill the vacuum of hard issues that should have been reported on. Because while we're talking about uh, the Cold War leverage of Vladimir Putin and the Soviet Union hasn't been our bipolar rival for as long as China has ascended to that role economically, um, we look at, around at our problems that um, would be debated, I think, more vigorously if not for the virus. Um, but campaign season has been attenuated. And what the Democratic Party did by having all the rivals to Biden fold so quickly is far more suspicious to me than anything Vladimir Putin has the power or capability uh, even with the KGB to pull off in, in terms of um, uh, stirring the pot in the United States and, and increasing the level of chaos here. And the reason I say that is because issues that have been life and death issues for us before the virus that were bringing our economy down, even though it couldn't get reported on, the homeless crisis for decades now, a homeless crisis, and just today on Common Dreams, the public interest magazine online, there's news that Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez has repealed the Faircloth Amendment. Now, it's interesting because the people who are the greatest advocates for building more public housing, people like David Dayen, who wrote the book on the foreclosure crisis back in 2008 and 2009, uh, didn't even know that there was this Faircloth Amendment that put a restriction on how much money our legislators could spend on building public housing. Really? And we have a president who made his family fortune off of building public housing. 
And you couldn't get a journalist in the 2016 marathon coverage of the elections. You couldn't even get a Democratic candidate like um, Bernie Sanders to bring this up in debate. So tell us more about, tell us more about this amendment, the fair, the fair 